the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, the Diamondbacks won by a lot, but don't be fooled. Also, the Field of Dreams. Was it cool or was it corny? I'm Steve Zinsmeister. That's Derek Montilla and Cody Fincher as well. You guys like that? No, I don't. No, no. I did. I, I like it. I okay. It's definitely corny. This is my joke and the game, literally. Terrible. Um, let's start there. Field sure. of Dreams game. They decided to have an MLB game between the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox. In Iowa, in the middle of a cornfield, where they constructed a stadium the likes of which was in the movie. Kevin Costner was there. All the players came walking out from the outfield, from within the corn. What did we think? It was the coolest thing MLB has ever done. Ever. Ever done. I'm not even... That's not hyperbole. What was I'm, the coolest thing they've ever done before this? I, I don't... They mean, don't really do things like this. So. <laughs> they don't do cool <laughs> things. The MTV Rock and Jock uh, <laughs> softball game? I don't know. Okay. I think that... Uh, yeah, no, putting the, the celebrity softball games in the All-Star I mean, weekend? The, I don't know. I love the Home Run Derby. I like a lot of things. They've corrected some of the st- mistakes that they've made, you know, making the All-Star game mean more and all that kind actually of stuff mean that who they gets de- home field advantage right. in the world series there, there's a lot of things <laughs> that they've tried with games you know uh, across overseas and in other places and none of it none of it compares to this this is a moment that they created that not only will most of us never forget but i think everyone can agree we want it to be like an annual thing much like you know nhl's outdoor game it needs to be something that is kind of celebrates the game but still is a competitive actual regular season game that means something is it isn't a preseason game isn't an all-star game the excitement last night was palpable it was such a cool atmosphere i have never been so jealous to you know to not be at a baseball game i go to baseball games all the time sometimes i'm sick of being at baseball games <laughs> but i would have given anything to be there after seeing it i wasn't even as excited for it until i saw the game the way they presented it kevin costner coming out the goosebumps i got watching the players come out of the corn like that the was players. so cool it, it, i thought it was uh, an effect at first i didn't think it was actually yeah, the happening. white Sox and the yankees i thought it was like oh are they like digitizing like and then the, the Tupac hologram places? or yeah, something yeah, yeah. just on tv or something and then you saw big it, aaron, aaron judge, judge yes. who's taller than the corn what, walk out of the corn what do you think they felt about what, it what oh god to I, participate in that and then like they because, had to feel cool but i bet some of them have never seen the movie so they're probably like what are we doing that's a good point probably a lot of them actually i think though that there's probably that, like the really younger guys i imagine there's a mandatory watching of the film <laughs> as a team probably. guys or, right? you're gonna like, participate in this game we're watching the movie no, that's a team in the building, clubhouse that's a team building atmosphere kind of thing anyway you know like to do something like that no you're gonna participate yeah, yeah. in that kind of thing so i would hope that yeah. they did that but i think just being involved with it and having it go from that kind of pageantry that opening atmosphere to an actual competitive game i mean the only thing i can kind of say it's like is maybe the the world series you know just because there's a lot of pageantry at the world series this game means more than the all-star game i don't think guys going out there and playing in the all-star game felt that kind of competitive nature once the game started the same way the yankees and the white Sox did with this game okay so they captured something Baseball clearly did something right with this. What now do you do with, do you continue to have games every year at this stadium? Do you try doing this in other locations with other 
movie sets? I, I, where do I you saw, go from here? I saw a bunch of people tweeting this, and I agree. The next move should be playing at the Sandlot the sand Field. Lot. <laughs> because the sand that lot. would where be is awesome. the Sandlot? They, I don't know. Well, they're in California. It's one. LA. It's, it it's Los LA. Angeles, yeah. I believe. So okay. um, they'd have to find somewhere to build, like... A field that's safe for players as well, because most of the Sandlot field in the movie was dirt. What's and wild, there's no dugouts. Right. What's, what's wild is <laughs> so they'd have to like kind of recreate maybe the background with the treehouse in the and 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 the junkyard. Yeah. And have a big old mastiff back there retrieving the home run balls, but a That'd real cool. one, not a, a real one. Not, yes. not not a puppet one. A not real like dog. Yeah. A want, real dog. I want Hercules from the yes. end of the movie just I, uh, roming around and in James the Earl Jones. Um, in the green shirt. But there is the chance too that. If they keep doing the Field of Dreams game at this, that it becomes less special as they do it. Right. There's that chance. It probably won't happen because it's it was really, really cool. But, like, last night, you're not going to top last night with Kevin Costner being there. And, and, and I think James Earl Jones did a voiceover for it and everything like that beforehand. And the, guy, the players coming out of the – you're not going to top last night. But I think they should keep doing it. He's right. They, I, they should I, keep doing. I, it. I think it would get less special, but I think as <laughs> let's long, do it anyway. I think <laughs> who cares? Do, only do it one game per year. I think everyone would really look forward to it. Uh, what I, if they made it a series? Would that be too much? Three probably, three games, yeah, probably, or a two game series or something? Maybe a home yeah. and home. the The excitement of last night, though, I think exceeded just that whole field of dreams thing. It was an amazing game. It was oh, the yeah. kind of game that it was the you... best game that I've seen all year. Yeah, what if absolutely? What, I just thought of this. I had I don't know why this didn't come to me sooner, but we just had the Hall of Fame game in Canton last week. What if the Field of Dreams in Iowa became like the kickoff to the season? What if like the first mm. game of MLB oh, season was played in Iowa? Thought. I like that. I that's like an that a lot. Thought. Yeah, the only the... it's I think there's a time of year though. I think that they said specifically. It had to occur well, because around August. In April right. in Iowa, it's probably really, really cold. Yeah. Probably. So they Could probably be. couldn't do yeah, that. So maybe that's or maybe a bad there's no idea. corn yet. Yeah, or, or something. You know, yeah. It's a, it's oh, yeah. A, we got to do this based die. on the corn. It's kinda, <laughs> of course. I forgot about, about the corn. about the corn, Steve. Damn it. I, I forgot for, about the plants. How I, are you going to make stupid puns if there's no corn? <laughs> I, for one, was upset that the corn didn't make a better effort to throw the balls. Back. Oh, yeah. Oh, corn was phoning <laughs> it in, man. Corn's, corn's not a real fan. Corn's just out there because it lives in the area. It was also just cool because it seemed really like an intimate setting there was yeah. not a lot of stands no. there were not a lot of seats to be no. had so that part was cool it, ma- it makes it that like more special i feel like because it it kind of acts like they're like maybe in a little league game or or a, or just a small town high school game or college game or something like it that. seemed minor un- leagues it seemed unbelievable at times just yeah. watching the game like it like especially when all of those late home runs that started changing the lead started yeah. happening they all of a sudden, that field seemed really small, and it right. seemed like anybody <laughs> at any time could hit a home run. Like, and and literally, they did at the most opportune times. It was such a fun outcome, and I I don't care when it happens. I just want to see it happen again. I was thinking about the Sandlot game, and if we want to do this right, then like people just need to be like it needs to be like standing room only. People just have to be like <laughs> peeking over the fence or in like houses next door. You know, put seats in fake houses, and they're looking out windows watching the game from the houses nearby. Tell me if I'm off base on this, Bear in particular, because we're similar in age. Derek, you're a little bit older than we are. No offense. Um, I'm taking all the <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, I, I want to get your perspective on this because this is just how I feel personally. Sure. Field of Dreams 
has certainly has a place in the history of this game. Like it is a movie that a lot of people consider the greatest baseball movie of all time. Um, it's certainly one of the most sentimental. It has the element of father son relationship sure. in the game, which I think baseball carries in, in a way that a lot of other sports don't. And so I totally recognize how cool last night was. It was really cool. And I've seen the movie. I love the movie. I thought it was great. I also grew up, I was born in 1992. So I was, the movie came out in 89. Gross. So I wasn't really like, (laughs) I didn't see the movie Field of Dreams until probably the early 2000s. Because I wasn't really old enough to to get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but in 1992, like around that time, we had Sandlot in 1993. We had Rookie of the Year in 1993. Major League in the late 80s. So we had all these comedy baseball movies that came out around the time I was born, around, around the time we were born, Bear. And so we grew up in those movies, I felt like. Even though, even though Field of Dreams came out three years before I was born. Like, sure. I didn't really enjoy Field of Dreams until later in life. Well, like... I've never seen Field of Dreams. Really? Yeah, I've never wow. seen it. But this game makes me want to go see it. And that's go. and that's the beauty of this game too. It's okay. going to make people go who are maybe our age, not you Derek, but our age that <laughs> You're old. We're going to keep pushing have it. Hacks on that, me. <laughs> but it's going to make people who haven't seen the movie go like, "Oh, everyone's getting really like emotional about this. I wonder right. why that is. And then they'll go watch the movie and that makes the movie even more popular and baseball more popular. So yay. It's such an iconic movie that I think you guys would already be per- pretty familiar with the storylines because they've yeah. been, it's been, the mm-hmm. storyline from that movie has been used so many other yep, times yep. or referenced in other ways. So a lot of it, you're like, oh, that's where that's from when you finally do watch it, right? Uh, but I think that their baseball movies have always been special to me. Uh, I think the reason why I'm sitting here today with you young gentlemen is because of my love of baseball movies when I was a kid, man. I mean, I wanted to do this. We didn't have a team here, so I didn't have that same inspiration that a lot of people have of actually having, you know, grown up watching their hometown team and then wanting to be a part of baseball as they as they get older. I had my dad's team of the Yankees and I had my love of sports teams, you know, and I had the Chicago Cubs because they were always on on WGN. And, mm-hmm. and and the Braves, right? So yeah. like I watched that those teams, but I didn't care about either one of them. Um, baseball movies, though, are incredibly important to me. I think that they are good, and it's funny because I don't hold Field of Dreams very high personally because it's I don't feel like it has a very good rewatch factor. You know, it is a very sentimental movie. It does mean a lot to it means a lot to a lot of people. Just not the same thing to me. A friend of mine, Evan Thompson, last night was telling me uh, from last word on sport or last word on baseball. He was telling me last night that you know he got teared up watching some of the opening scenes from that because he lost his father a long time ago and he remembers playing baseball with his father. Brought back a lot of memories and you know there's that different thing. For me, one of the movies that means the most to me as a baseball movie personally is is The Sandlot. You know, we brought up what an iconic movie The Sandlot already is as a baseball movie, right? But I sometimes think the only reason why I'm in a press box is because of the opening scene of that movie. I wanted to do that so bad. That became my dream. I was a writer as a kid, but I wasn't really encouraged. You know, like a lot of people kind of, even at a young age, as ridiculous as this sounds, would be like, there's not a lot of money in writing. You know, like, don't think that you're going to like write books and be like some famous writer or something, right? (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's, it's not the right encouragement but it was i think brutal honesty you know uh there's the the sports love of sports and the writing kind of 
intersected. And that was one thing that I saw when I watched The Sandlot. Uh, not, not to mention, as a kid, what, a, what an amazing movie The Sandlot is. If you don't play baseball with your friends, it'll make you start immediately after watching that film. You know, it's, right. it's, it's so good on so many different levels. And it, again, the, the thing for me is I can still watch it to this day, find myself laughing and quoting stuff, and even seeing stupid things in the background I've never even noticed before because I never paid attention. I, I would be watching the movie and not looking over there. Um, it's just a great movie, you know, and I, I, I definitely feel like it's probably my personal favorite, you know, honorable mention to, uh, little big league though, which doesn't get <laughs> okay. enough love. Okay. I love little big league, another kid's movie for me, but it's still for me stands the test of time. It's a great movie. And like it has, despite the fact that the idea of it is that a kid becomes the owner of the Minnesota twins and then makes himself the manager. It has a very realistic, like storyline despite the fact that it's this kid savant and he leads the team to like you know the, to, to success in a way but it's it i watch it now as an adult versus something like rookie of the year and i i can't i can't even watch rookie of the year anymore because of how ridiculous some of the storyline uh yeah you know it's it's, it's are, out there right? it's way out there it's way out there and you you tend to find other movies have like even kids movies have a little bit more of a believable plot like little big league it's it's a great movie if you haven't seen it check it out Best baseball movie of all time. Ooh, like my favorite. Okay, um, you can you can go with favorite. Let's go with favorite. Um, my favorite is The Sandlot. Like like Derek said, I love that movie. Um, what would you say is the best? The best. Ooh. Uh, um, I really enjoy uh, Moneyball. I think Moneyball is a great, a great, a great baseball great movie. movie. I don't know if there's a best one. Like but that's a best modern like, day. There's yeah. a lot of that's good, also like a biopic. That's that's yeah, like that's more true. based on a real like real event. baseball than anything. Yeah. Um, also, um, the rookie with Dennis Quaid is that's really a good really that's, good. That was surprisingly yeah. good. Yeah. I would say <laughs> my my you know my top five are probably The Sandlot, uh, Major League. Yep. I love Major League. It's just so funny. Um, I haven't seen everything, so um, and then I'd say Moneyball is number three for me. Um, I'm just going through the list to see. If, uh, I have an outside contender for best baseball movie. Okay, which one? And then, League, the, of, League of Their Own. Oh, that's a good oh one. okay, yeah. I love League of Their Own, and again, that's just a really good film. Finish like, your top five. Rookie Go of ahead. the year. Rookie of the year. Probably four for me. Four slash the rookie. I can't really. Do. And then just because I grew up with this movie. It might not even be on anybody's top list at all, but I love Angels in the Outfield. Oh yeah, I love okay. that movie. Yeah. I grew up with that movie. It's not where I thought you were going to go. Okay. No, okay, I love. But that see, movie. that's the thing is kids, JGL kids movies definitely have. I'm a link for Mitchell. <laughs> they just have a different. They they last you know differently with you. Like I, like I loved Rookie of the Year when I was a kid, but yeah. like I said, I have a I, I watched it and I was all smiling and I turned to frowning really fast. I'm, I'm I, looking <laughs> at this list of 25. Best baseball movies ever. Yeah. Can we bone. just talk about how many of these Kevin Costner is in? <laughs> All of them. He's <laughs> like in every single one. Yeah. I, you know what? And I'm, I've never seen this, and I and I can't find it anywhere streaming. I've never seen Bull Durham. I really Bull know Durham's a good one. Yeah. Bull Durham's a great. Yeah. One. A lot of people have that at the top. That's of their the list. number yeah. one on this ri- list I'm yeah. reading because that's another movie that's just a good film. It's funny. It's got a lot of different 
components to it. I don't yeah. know. There's this thing about movies in the 80s and the 90s that like they 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 were very entertaining for different reasons. Like even if they were kind of a serious drama, you could still say that they had a lot of funny moments and it was right. a good entertaining movie, especially sports movies, you know. Uh I never liked Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck, but I watched it like a year ago and found myself incredibly entertained by it because now I understand so much more about a veteran player being shipped off to Japan and trying to have like j- trying to make it make it again and have his you know have his career extend his career it was a you know and and all the humbling moments and how he's not really that good and how Japanese players are still better than him and there's just a lot of good things about that movie um and again i probably didn't even give it a chance when i was younger because i didn't understand the entire concept of what was going on my favorite is uh definitively the best and it's major league uh, and part of that is because I grew up, I was born in Cleveland, so being a fan of the Indians certainly didn't hurt. That's gotta be amazing. Um, yeah. but, but also the movie is about how terrible the team is, and sure, yeah. it came out in, just before a time when the Indians were great. Yes. And so <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was enjoying this movie about how terrible my baseball team was in a time when my baseball team was awesome, yeah. <laughs> and I was growing up in it, and right. so it was very weird, and Bob Uecker makes that whole movie. But the and, references there is, it, it like the whole timeline almost lined up with when the Cleveland Indians actually got good, right? When that movie came yeah. out, weren't they actually yeah. bad? Because it came out in the late 80s, I think, if yeah. not the early 90s. Yeah, like and 89 yeah. or something like that. And yeah. that's around the time they started to get good, yeah. Uh, that's That movie, <laughs> I, went, <clears throat> I went and saw that movie when I was entirely too young with a friend of mine and <laughs> his mom, and I'll never forget how embarrassed i was to be sitting next to my friend's mom while they were undressing the uh ripping off the pieces of the owner i I could feel myself getting more and more nervous as they went on i'm like you're like what are they gonna do they're not gonna show anything (laughs) cody and i um, we quoted that movie all the time major Major league came out in 1989 the indians the indians record that year was 73 and 89 yeah okay that's i mean that's they weren't horrible horrible, 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 but but they they were making the playoffs or nothing yeah we quote that movie all the time, and I don't even think we can quote the parts no, that we normally do. No, we can't. I but. named my uh, fantasy baseball team Hats for Bats. Good boy. <laughs> Good Hats boy. I asked Joe Boo to come. <laughs> Take fear from bats. Um, the, uh, two, I'll do two uh, honorable mentions that we didn't talk what about. What about Major League Two, uh, Steve? No, they were all bad. <laughs> Everything after Major League One is horrible. Um, we uh, did not mention these two. They are both, I believe, both from this uh, century. Okay. I don't think either of these are a good movie, but hey, they're fun. Mr. 3000. Okay. Bernie Mac. Never saw it. You never saw that one? Never saw that one. He plays for the Brewers, and he gets 3,000 hits, and then yeah. he calls it a career because he's selfish. He just wanted to get to 3,000. He doesn't care about his teams. <laughs> yeah, and they changed. So then three years later, after he retires, the the statisticians realize that they accidentally counted two hits twice. Like, they counted the yeah, same hit so twice. He have 3, so he has 2,999, yeah. so he comes back, and he's terrible. Yeah, yeah, And he can't and he hit can't a baseball, a and he goes. He plays a whole season without a hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, and Benchwarmers. I was going to say that. Benchwarmers... That's a funny movie. Another it's a, movie it's a, I haven't seen. You really? didn't see that one? Okay. No. Uh, Rob, Rob Schneider. Schneider. Yeah. I, David, in a leading role, Rob David Schneider Spade. I don't love, but <laughs> David John Spade, Peters yeah. in it. John Lovitz is in that movie, and he's fantastic. Re- Reggie check. Jackson's in that movie. I'm going to check both he of these out. He is in that movie. Um, it's funny. 
I don't know if it's a good movie, but it's funny. Um, we are a Diamondbacks <laughs> podcast, so I guess we should talk about the Diamondbacks we at are. some point. They had, um, had 3,000 hits last night. <laughs> <laughs> it sure felt like it. Um, let's talk about the big news on the injury front. Taylor Widener, back to the injured list. Uh, he spent a lot of time there this season. Wah, wah. At times, he's shown promise, um, but now back on the IL. Suspiciously, though, we don't know why. Not, not suspicious. It was illness-related, and I think that they're probably doing testing or maybe entering COVID protocol, potentially, if that's what this is. But it's probably COVID-related, or at this point, if you get sick at all and miss a game because you're not feeling well, I think it's going to be automatically assumed that you could potentially, you know, have COVID. Well, they did the right thing with yeah. with Taylor Widener. He just didn't show up. Right. That was like, yes, exactly. You stay home. Exactly. Leave the rest of the team alone. Exactly. The other one is Cole Calhoun, who has also spent a ton of time on the injured list this year. It's like the third time he hits the injured I list think. again. How do we feel about that? Um, I mean, it sucks because I feel like he was starting to play better baseball um, coming back, but. It just it stinks because uh, there's like Derek was saying to us earlier. He, there's really no timetable for him to come back right now on the ten day IL right now. Yeah. But they definitely did say it's going to be more weeks, weeks and instead days. of days. Yeah, so <laughs> they just cut Josh Reddick. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, not I that we needed him to play a lot. Back, but um, it, it wouldn't it, be hard. This to bring might him back. be the last time we see Cole Calhoun in a D backs uniform because. He only signed that two-year deal a couple years ago, so he's set to be a free agent. I don't know. He could be a cheap guy that they bring back because he, like we, like you just said, he's been on the injured list a, a lot. lot this year, and he hasn't really shown anybody anything. So, is it just me or does this feel exactly like how the Steven Souza thing ended? It kind of does. Um, Where like Steven's- he wasn't terrible when he played, but. He just never played. For and he me, was injured a lot, for, but Souza had more significant long-term injuries. And for me, Steven Souza's injuries were way more disappointing because he came in the year after they had J.D. Martinez, and it was kind of presented as like, look, here's your replacement. Steven Souza, yeah. he hit 30 home runs last year, and then he gets hurt in spring training playing too hard, and then he has that freak injury when they did the whole replacing the real grass for the turf, and he wasn't wearing the right spikes or something, so he slipped on home plate and tore every ligament in his knee, and then they DFA'd him. And they're, or they non-tendered him, whatever it was. One of the two, yeah. I can't remember. I think we. I think we determined last week those are all the same thing. <laughs> pretty um, much. Pretty but, much. Uh, yeah, they just we they, don't want they didn't anymore. bring him back, and it didn't end well. And I don't think he was very happy. But yeah, that was more disappointing for me because I was I was excited for Steven Souza because everything I saw, you know, and and, and read about him is that he was a good player and. They were still, you know, trying to compete after making the playoffs in 2017, and it just didn't work out. So he got his revenge game here. Yeah, he did. As a Dodger, yeah. they all do. They all do. They all get it eventually. <laughs> AJ Pollock, um, one guy who's back from injury and playing quite well, and had a career night last night. Josh Rojas is back for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'll note this: he had a game on Sunday in Reno where he hit three home runs. And we all looked at that and we're like, okay, he's ready. He's ready to come back. Then he comes back and goes, oh, for six. Well, yeah, he did do that. Like six strikeouts. He would six strikeouts. But last night, four for five and a walk, tied a career high, two RBIs. That's a really great game. Not to mention the fact that he tried to pick a fight with the opposing pitcher, despite what he says he was trying to do. (laughs) When the team was up by nine runs with the bases loaded in the eighth inning, and I love it. 
Uh, I just I I couldn't help but notice that. Like it was, and he said after the game, he wasn't trying to start a fight. He wasn't trying to do anything aggressive like that. He was just trying to get into a pitcher's head who was having a hard time finding the strike zone. Yeah. And at one point, he yelled at him, "Throw it over the plate," which is one thing that I found to be very so, amusing. Personally, so you were at the game last night. I was night. at the game. I was watching on TV because I was here in in the station. And I did my best lip reading I could on oh, the TV broadcast. There were some words. So there. Tim Hill, the Padres lever who was in that inning, couldn't throw the ball over the plate. He had no idea where the ball was going. <laughs> he, I think, walked like three guys in the inning or whatever it was. And then Josh Rojas steps in and he almost hits him in the head. It, Josh Rojas spins out of the box. His helmet flies off. He's trying to gather himself. And it's about like two or three seconds he's trying to gather himself. And then the camera switches to Tim Hill. And Tim Hill... And this is my best lip reading. Yells at Josh Ross to quote, "Get back in that bleeping box, bro." And then Josh Rojas goes, throw it over the plate then. <laughs> Instead of at my head. Yeah, so bold strategy by Tim Hill there to yell at a guy to get back in the box when you literally almost hit him in the head with a pitch. Yeah, you maybe, don't get to bark. Maybe control where the ball's going. I don't know. Maybe that's something you should try to uh, okay, do. Okay, but one thing that you missed was Josh Rojas was staring him down while he was outside of the box, and that is why Tim Hill proceeded to say what he told him to do. And Rojas admitted that after the game, saying, I don't blame Josh I Rojas. Was Trying to get into his head by staring him down outside the box. I don't box. think he needed to get and in his head. Think, I think he was already in there. Well, what's wild is it you kind deserve of, a it, stare down if you have no idea where you're throwing the baseball. If you go back and watch it, it kind of had an adverse effect because he found the strike zone really fast after this interaction. Right? right? It's the kind of thing that got Tim Hill fired up instead of you know more out of control, which is what he was prior to that. Uh, I just found it to be a bit fascinating that with a nine-run lead, that Rojas is still playing mental mind games with guys on a night where he was 4-for-4 four four at that point and already had tied a career high with hits and was still trying to go for more. Now, I get it. I I get it from not only a perspective of trying to make it an you know the best night of your career, but also just to still having that competitive fire with the way that this season has gone. Even though you're up nine runs, I hate to say it, but as an offensive you know as as a as a player at the plate offensively, I feel like you don't feel any lead is safe. So you feel like at all times you need to tack on more runs with the situations that this bullpen has gotten this team in this season. The, this bullpen has given up five-plus <laughs> runs really fast in more than one situation. I strongly feel more so after last night than before. And one game doesn't change my opinion on this, but I've felt for a while now that the future of the Arizona Diamondbacks is Carson Kelly, Josh Rojas, and Paven Smith. And those were the guys doing Do we it last pretty night. much agree with that? I think so. Uh, yeah. I, was, I said I was, Zach Gallen. Okay, you know, okay, but, but you're I, just talking about from a lineup you're perspective. About I was, I was yeah. kind of worried about Paven Smith for a little while there when he was in the minor leagues because the reports were he was not hitting very well and he wasn't really. They, they're trying to play him in the outfield when he's been a first baseman his whole. I'm like, oh boy, they're just trying to well, make okay. him a utility. But now he's up here and the dude can hit. And I'm very impressed. If there's any bright spot to this horrible Diamondback season, it's Josh Rojas and Paven Smith. Well, is Christian Walker going to be a Diamondback for much longer? Is that a situation where they just phase out Christian Walker, despite the fact that I'm saying this on his bobblehead weekend, which is kind of sacrilegious? But, I mean, to a point where Paven Smith eventually does become their 
first well, base, their starting first base. I mean, no, you don't have to because I mean, I'm on his uh, page for his contract. Christian Walker's arbitration eligible through 2024. Yeah, okay. he's cheap, and he didn't come up till he was like 29. Yeah, and he'll be he'll be 33 after that. So I yeah. don't think he's going anywhere. But I think he, I think Paven Smith. Unless you want to make him the starting right fielder, I don't know if that's that's my question. He, he has to he has to get. Ask your question. I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, uh, this whole thing was rattling around my head. I feel like we have three core players that we just talked about who are going to be the future of the team. But two of them, I don't know what position they play long term. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think that's what you're getting well, at. Is like he could be a right fielder. He could be a center fielder. I don't know. But Lavolo has definitely made references to where these guys are going to play, and he has talked definitely about the fact that Rojas is going to stay on the in the infield. And I think that Paven Smith is going to be an outfielder. I just don't know how well he's going to adapt to that defensively. And that's where I was going to go because I've seen some uh, instances this year where Paven Smith is he needs to be more aggressive in the outfield. Like he needs to run harder after short fly balls because some of those fall in and they result in runs. And he, he needs to be more aggressive throwing in to try to get guys out at bases and maybe home plate. And I think he's a decent first baseman, so I, I don't know. But you're right about all that, by the way. He does. He drives me nuts sometimes watching him like just, just kind of lollygag oh, a throw okay. in and watching a guy that would have stayed at first know the get whole the time that he's going to go to second because it went to Paven Smith and that he's not. Yeah, he's not going to get it in very fast. I see those same type of balls go to Cole Calhoun, and the the. The opposing player does not run on him the same way that they do on Paven Smith. Cole Calhoun, for being not a not the biggest, most athletic guy, plays an excellent outfield. Right. I think he's shown that time and time again. The injuries, yeah, that sucks. But when he is out there, you there is a difference between him being out there versus Smith being out yeah, there. Yeah. That, and that's when I really notice, after watching Paven Smith play right field for like a week, and then Cole Calhoun comes back from injury, you just notice that a lot of fly balls in the corner are being caught or tracked down faster than and, you know when Pavin's and out there. And if they do decide to make Pavin Smith an outfielder primarily, I think it should... I mean, I know he can play all three, but I feel like he should play the majority in one location so that he can get really good I at it. I agree with that. He's I, a corner outfielder. I, I, yeah, I, but they've been playing him in center field. I know, because, because they don't have a center necessity. fielder. Yeah. Well, even Marte botched, oh, a, oh, botched oh. a pretty easy fly ball yesterday. I have, mm, just based <laughs> on that last night and just his hamstring problems, I have seen enough yeah. of Cattell Marte in center field. It was a routine fly ball. I mean, I, he had to make a run to he, play it, but yeah, he was, it he, was, it and, was and not a And to his credit, he almost made a great play in San Francisco the other night when he almost robbed a home run from Lamont Wade Jr., but it hit off his glove and went over the fence. Um, <laughs> when I heard that, I'm like, oh boy, it's embarrassing, but it wasn't that embarrassing. He, he, he almost had it. He just mistimed his jump or didn't have his hand in the right spot. Anyway, but just even, just last night, he, he, he gets to the ball routine nothing crazy about the about the play he leans to his left he's gonna catch it all sly like this and clank clank right off the (sighs) right off the palm and i'm like oh man dude and then just the hamstring problems he's had all year i I mean you don't consider Marte to be part of the core no no i do i do but i feel like uh maybe maybe the core was the wrong way to put it maybe the future yeah, I do feel like Marte is a part of that. Don't get me wrong, but he's at a different level. He's the only good player on the team right, right now. But him and Carson Kelly are the same age. Age, yes. 
Yes. I believe Catal Marte is a superior player, though. So what you're insinuating is that he won't be around long-term, probably get stolen away um, by another team as free no, agent or something? Or I'm not necessarily think? saying that. Okay. No, I think, I think you're right. I probably should have included Marte in that mix. But I think those four are are pretty safe to say in that. But with I think, Kelly, I, 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 man, I'm surprised by that age thing that you just mentioned because Kelly, maybe he just was a late bloomer but, and Marte was an early. But bloomer. Even Marte fall, falls under that category of I don't know where he's going to play because yeah, true. Is, is he? Are they going to move him back to the infield? Is he going to be your shortstop with Rojas being your second baseman or flip flopping those well, two? Let me. What do you do with Nick Ahmed? Who's your center fielder? You know, it's just it's crazy. Who if plays I, third? I don't know the answer Drellis? to that. Ellis. If I fast forward a few years, what I foresee is you have three really good outfield prospects that eventually are going to come up. Christian Robinson, uh, Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas. I think they play in the outfield in that order, right, center, left. That moves Paven Smith to first base. Christian Walker's over 30 years old, so I think eventually he probably goes away. I don't think you're missing out on a lot there. I think he's a decent player, but he's not a great player. Um, I, in like, the infield, I like how he whispers that, like as if Christian Walker's. He's probably listening. What can I say? He's like one of my best friends. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Geraldo Perdomo will be back. He's the future at shortstop. So I don't think Cattell is going to be asked to play shortstop. That leaves Cattell at second, but also it leaves Josh Rojas. And Does is he Rojas your Rojas play third? Is he your second baseman or third baseman? Now, none I don't of this know. is definitive, and uh, all these things change by the day. Yeah, but just at, from a like far distant outlook. That's what the team looks like to me, right? Yeah. You got three outfield prospects you're just waiting on, that's almost, and they're all sitting at Hillsborough. Yeah, that's almost the the downside of having so many like utility, super utility guys that can play anywhere. You don't know where they're going to play, and it's hard to project. Yeah, it's one thing to fill in at another position. Yeah. Kind of like as Drupal Cabrera played third most of the season, and then every once in a while he'd play first, right? Yeah, right. But right. Like, maybe like, he's the future. Maybe he is. Even Escobar, <laughs> even Escobar when he was here, was mostly at third and then he'd move to second and that was like a that, newer but, development yeah. this year though i feel like the second base thing because they had cabrera and they yeah. wanted to start cabrera at third right because he doesn't have the range yeah and escobar, escobar i don't think he does either <laughs> didn't really either but yeah okay. i do want to say one thing madison bumgarner has been really great uh, lately he's been and awesome. i think that if if he's right and if he's pitching like this then I'm not so mad about that contract. I think that there's a lot of things I still, a lot of question marks around what's going on with the pitching staff. Or you put him on trade waivers and hope somebody <laughs> takes this contract from you. I fall into this trap. Saying. I fall into this trap all the time. Well, he's and, not, yeah, I mean, it's, and, it's, it's, it's a weird thing because and, he definitely doesn't line up with this entire But it's not even just about, right? him. I fall into this trap a lot when I mean the team hasn't been this bad record wise in a long time but I fall into this trap of okay they're horrible but they're playing better lately and the second half I'm like maybe they're not oh wait no 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 don't think that they're yeah. b- a bad team yeah they like, win by thir- they because, win by 11 or whatever because it was. that's how some people interpret this stuff and they like well we're look how we played in the second half we're we're not that far away let's just keep this team together and try to add a couple minor pieces and we might compete. not in this division sorry it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen in this division with now the Giants are good and the Dodgers and the Padres. The Padres see, have all stars on their bench. But see, the thing about the Giants, the Padres is, made a huge mistake. They didn't add any starting pitching in the trade. Deadline. Where do the Giants come from? 
Nothing is guaranteed. No, I know. Right? That's I know. what I'm saying. So you can't sit there and just say, I know. the team's going to be bad forever because of how great this division is. No, there's good moves that they can make. You can just say that they didn't make those good moves. You can look at the things they did this offseason, and you could see that they waved the white flag before the season even started. I don't care what you say about the performance of this team. Really what it was was they thought that they could get away super cheap with the season, and it came back to bite them in the most significant way. They had more injuries than they've ever had, and it was almost ironic with how shallow the roster already was. Mm-hmm. We were making jokes before any of these injuries occurred during the preseason about what the depth chart looked like because they had guys filling in in multiple like second positions and they, like he's he's also the backup third baseman and the backup right yeah. fielder. And we were we like, don't know what happens. Luckily, luckily, you're coach? young prospect catcher can also play the outfield yeah. because he's your everyday center fielder now sure. Ooh, i oh man i know we were we were texting about this uh was that this morning or yesterday about uh david peralta and how yesterday. he's been so cold and <laughs> i i made a comment and i might want to go back on it but um I made a comment that David Peralta might be becoming the new Jake Lamb. I think I started the conversation with guys. I don't think David Peralta is a very good baseball player. We okay, so we, and then we, I said he has no pop in his bat. <laughs> and yeah. four and, minutes later, he, he hits a two run into over into the pool. Um, <laughs> like every okay. two years, we do that segment where we where Does I basically pose the question: Is he a listening? good baseball player? <laughs> yeah. We do that like every two years with somebody. Know, with is, is insert name here a good baseball player? Uh, I believe we did it with Archie Bradley. That's where it started. Yeah, yeah. I Jake believe Lamb I did it with Jake Lamb a hundred times. Um, I might take that back though because of your last comment about <laughs> Dalton Varsho. I might be getting ready to do a is Dalton Varsho a good baseball player? Oh yeah, rant. Uh, I don't know. Really? I don't have an answer, dude. For have that. you looked at that batting average? It is not good. <laughs> it's not good. And I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I've seen him be- behind the plate as catcher, and like a. It's been a disaster at times. I if mean, he's not good at catching and he's not good at hitting, <laughs> what is he good at? In the last month, he is hitting 286. Okay, I'll say. All right, that. I'm willing to stand. But I'm willing to be wrong. In on the this. last two weeks, he's hitting 185. Yeah. See? Can you Not imagine good. how hard it is? to What's be... the season? Hold on. Wait. What's the season? He's at an even 200. Okay. See, he's the, at the Mendoza I'm right. line. The, the Diamondbacks are at. A, at a... <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah, you are right. The Diamondbacks are in an awkward position because they're the kind of team that a player does make that initial like leap into the in the major leagues with, and if yeah. they're not patient with, and they DFA them or move on from them, that that's always that seems to always be the story. Like, look at how good this guy is once he left the Diamondbacks. Right. The one thing that you have to question at times, though has been when you really look at players that have left here why have starting pitchers left here and gotten so much better and i mean that's the question i feel the franchise should be asking themselves why are why does wade miley and why does taiwan walker leave and become an all-star um, why have you guys, guys seen pitching better? robbie ray this year yeah exactly oh my goodness exactly that's he what is I, having a great season and that's what i'm talking about it's frustrating to see because it's 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 more consistent than the pitching staff is for the Diamondbacks. It's it's almost you know uh, three out of five pitchers that leave here go on to be very good, much better than they were while they were here. So what's the common denominator? Especially when we heard people like Madison Bumgarner making references to being kind of held to some sort of game plan that he didn't like. You know something that was kind of putting the cuffs on him in some way, shape, or form when it came to the way that he's used to pitching. 
It's confusing to me when you talk about a guy that's won a World Series and been around as long as Bumgarner has to be doing anything to change his game plan from what he's normally used to. I don't know if that's the case. There's just kind of been vague references made to these things. It's hard to not. It's hard to not think it's coaching because it's, hard it's to happened not think it's way too many. And it's not even this regime. It's happened way too much in the past. Um, uh, with Max Scherzer, you know, Max yeah. Scherzer moved on and they changed some things with him in Detroit, and he turned out to be a Hall of Fame type pitcher. And then it happens with Robbie Ray, and it happens. Who was the other guy? You said Wade Miley. Wade Miley of all people. <laughs> How about this? I what? just looked it up. What? I, Robbie Ray's been so good this year. I thought to myself, Robbie Ray only had one good year, 2017. Remember? He was fantastic. And yeah. we all we talked about for like four years after that was, when's yeah. he going to get back to that level? Yeah. His numbers right now in are, 2021 are better. are better than 2017. <laughs> His ERA is almost exactly the same. It's 2.90. It was 2.89 <sighs> in 2017. His whip is 11 points lower. Shut up, Steve. Now than it was in 2017. And he he's, pitching, he's pitching in a... In a very crazy division. In a competitive division. Yeah. He's already uh, like, at 159 strikeouts. A yeah. division, arguably, not saying that it's better than... I think the NL West is is the toughest division to be a part of, right? But I would put the AL East the right AL up there. The AL East is probably the most competitive because there's four teams that, that all have plus, in it. And they all have plus 500 records by yeah. like a lot of games, not even just like Holy two or cow. three, right? You, <laughs> Steve's just looking at Robbie Ray's numbers. His, his, How his, many strikeouts? Uh, 159. Good lord. He's striking out 11 per nine, which is pretty much on par with his career. But what's crazy to me is his walks per nine no. is down to 2.4. No. Oh, no. No, Robbie. His lowest before oh. that was five. And how, and how Bob can, Ray. <laughs> Bob Ray. <laughs> this is Robert Ray we're talking about. But, like, and, and I don't know if this was coaching at all, but, like, remember in the summer camp last year where he started doing the whole motion with mm-hmm. his arms over his head, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he started tapping the glove. Yeah, all of the, and remember, got long uh, hair. And that, yeah, he got really long hair we and shaved it. his beard. Yeah. Guess what he's back to now? I watched some highlights of his. He's back to the no-nonsense, yeah. quick delivery. Yeah. And, and he's pitching. I'm like... What happened? I don't what know. happened, it's man? It's frustrating. Look up Taiwan Walker's numbers while you're doing it. Oh, he's that. horrible lately. He's been oh, horrible. Oh, has he lately? I have him on a oh, fantasy okay. team. I know. Okay. Then you I know will. that. I so, will but, look no, it up. Watch this. He had some Watch. really good numbers. Well, he was an all-star. He yeah, was he was an all-star, all-star this, this year. year. Yeah. Where is he on my so, team? So, regardless, I mean, yeah, he could be having troubles I mean, lately, okay, so, was... I mean, in, in the last month, he has an ERA of almost 10. Oh. But in 2021 as a whole, his ERA is 3.89, 102 strikeouts. That's okay. He's got seven wins, seven quality starts. I mean... That's all right. Yeah. Still better than most <laughs> of the pitching staff for the Diamondbacks. But so. you were talk- we were talking about the AL East... The Toronto Blue Jays are in fourth place, and they're ten games over five hundred. Yeah, it's nuts. That division, and they're crazy. seven and a half games back. Are the Red Sox still in first? No, the Rays are in first by five games. The Red Sox wow. had a terrible it's, stretch. It's just the, the it's Red just Sox, all of them beating the Baltimore Orioles constantly. The Red Sox are three and seven <laughs> in their last ten. Games. Do they all just play the Orioles every night? Yeah. <laughs> The Orioles are like, oh, we got them again. So, oh, so get this, get this. The the Rays, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays are all seven and three in their last ten games. <laughs> the Red Sox are three and seven in their last oh, ten wow. games. So they're they're this falling flat. Exciting, but exciting. Of, but even that, they're still fifteen games over five hundred. Speaking of games coming up, uh, the upcoming schedule for the Arizona Diamondbacks includes three more games against the Padres here at Chase Field. 
Um, that's going on tonight as well. The Phillies come to town for three games. By the way, the Phillies have won eight of their last ten. Oh, they're and Bryce s- Harper's looking like maybe the MVP of the National League. They're gonna steamroll the D backs. Kind of crazy. Remember when I said Bryce Harper is the most overrated player in baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said that a couple of times. We've all too. said that. I don't we know regret. if that's true anymore. <laughs> yeah, well. it was true before. Also, wrote. For a while, you start spending that money, and then you get back to playing baseball. <laughs> it's true. Road trip coming up. Colorado, Pittsburgh, and then Philadelphia again. Pittsburgh, by the way, has an eight-game losing streak. Hey, so that might be a promising series. There we go. Series. That is a bright spot. In oh, Pittsburgh, though. Uh, so. Oh, I love that ballpark, oh, though. Well, so. yeah. It's a great ballpark. But we can't just, I'm just trying love to ballparks. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> yes, we can. Yes, we can. At this point, that's what you do. We were ta- We yeah. started off this podcast by talking about our love of the Field of Dreams yeah. ballpark. Admittedly, right? so. I'm going to a uh, Padres game in a couple like next weekend. I'm going to go to San Diego, and that's all my like, friends are like, "Oh, the D-backs are in San Diego." I was like, "No, no I'm just going. <laughs> I'm just going to the Padres <laughs> no. game. Yeah, I don't. No, I don't care at all about the team that's uh, there. I just want to go to San it's Diego. It's a great ballpark too. Oh, I've never fantastic. been there. I need I, to go too. I love that ballpark. Yeah, that's my favorite I've ballpark. I've never been. I've it's been right to, there. I feel dumb for not going. I know it's. Not I've too been far to away. about a third of the major league ballparks, and that one is far and away the best. Yeah, it's really interesting. Okay, and the coolest. It's also like half outdoors, half indoors, and it's got yeah, it's got great stuff to do right around yeah. it, like yeah. that out after the game to, to stay awesome. in the area. It's a fun time. Um, <laughs> we oh, thank you so much you. for listening. Uh, we we would talk about baseball movies for like another three hours if we just let it slide, but. You want to go to what? Major- now you're going to let me wrap up the podcast? Yeah, I feel no, like you guys always. Have I thought you were going to say something about Major League Two or something no. before we went. Damn no, it, Dorn, but, get yeah. in front of the ball. <laughs> go watch some good baseball movies. That's what I she wants you to do. I can't you complete can't the rest the of it. <laughs> Don't give me that number. Are you nope, trying nope. to BS? BS. Just stop. Are Just you stop. trying yeah, to no. tell me Jesus can't hit a curveball? <laughs> Dude, you could totally. You look a little bit like the manager. <laughs> oh, good. You yeah. could be him. Yeah. I can just do this voice there all you go. day. Yeah, you go. You're pretty good at it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, thanks so much for checking out the podcast. For all other uh, baseball and Arizona sports content, check out ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app.